Welcome to the Rev 411 podcast, where we discuss purposeful living, living life with purpose and on purpose so that we can make a difference that matters. We're glad you've joined the conversation. Here's today's episode. G'day, welcome back to Rev 411. This is Josh, and today I have a guest with me in the studio. Um, we're not exactly in a studio, but this is our, our makeshift studio mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Kaufman at, uh, at his uh, dining room table. And I just uh, wanted to come over and talk to Mr. Kaufman because he has a special story to share with us today on the show. And so, Mr. Kaufman, welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. Welcome, Josh. It's good to be here. Yeah, we're we're glad uh, that you've joined us, and uh, you have a special story. Uh, we all have a special story, but we all have a special story. Yeah. Uh, fun enough, this morning a Bible verse came to my mind, and it would not leave me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I rejoice in the fact that we are a new creation. The most important thing is that we do have a a Saviour who loves us, who wants nothing but but our our best, and he, he is the most important person that ever lived on this earth and ever and, and will return to this earth again. So right. we we love him. And uh, three weeks after I got saved, my my wife got saved because she saw the the uh, uh, realized some something has happened mm. with with her husband and. That's that's exactly the Lord saved me. I was a, a rebel. I was not a very nice person to talk to or to, to have around, but uh, my wife uh, knows more about it. Uh, so does my daughter. But uh, anyhow, there's nothing hard. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing. So if anything... If anyone being Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And uh, having realized that, and I quoted it about 20 times this morning at least, and it's it's a, a, a truth that we don't take for 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 granted, we don't take it lightly. We are, but we are we are new. We are a new creation because Jesus made us new. He is the most beautiful person that ever ever lived on this earth, and who and to be close to him and to have him. And and to to worship him, it's 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 just people say, you know, what what what's, what's all about? What about the uh, the idea of 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 Jesus? I said, well, look, 
there it is in a nutshell. And now there's, there's so many Bible verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him is not lost but has eternal life. That's, that's exactly what happens to people who trust, who put their trust in Jesus, who believe in him. It's, a, it's such a, a, beautiful, a beautiful person or personality to have around. So you didn't always grow up in a Christian home that, that believed in Jesus. You did. I did, yes. You did. But you did you grow up in a Christian home? I grew up, I grew up in a Catholic home, mm-hmm. which is, uh, if somebody listening to my little testimony understands, we had no... No knowledge of, of Jesus as such. I was an altar boy. I learned Latin. I learned Greek. Uh, the Latin, the, our, the, the, the Pater Noster, our Father who art in heaven. I learned it uh, by heart, you know. Every, everything was, was normal. You know what I mean? But uh, I had no... No recollection of Jesus when when I was um, um, not baptized. Baptized was done as a baby, being sprinkled. And in fact, in my testimony, it says quite clearly that my um, testim- my, my my baptism was a, what the, I translated it as an. Uh, what did I call it? Emergency christening, because I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to live. Okay, I was pretty sick. I was born. Uh, they said, "No, he's not going to survive." So we, they took me up to a a, a, a a church up on the mountain, and I said, "At least we will be. He will be." Uh, Saved in, 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 in the Roman Catholic sense, but he won't, he, he won't be lost. He, he won't go to hell. That was my, my, my parents and my grandparents and, and others, their main, their main concern. Okay. So they wanted me to be, to be a, uh, a good boy. So yes. in your growing up years, did you ever hear the gospel? No, not even not even later on, uh, the church. I uh, I started to to become well. Uh, I became an altar boy in the Roman Catholic Church, and uh, the Roman Catholic priest. My dad was in the uh, Second World War, drafted into the into the uh, uh, war. Uh, into the army, and uh, I was told to uh, to go to the seminary, which was fifty kilometers away, and become a, become an, a, a, a a student of the Catholic Church, and that's what I did. 
uh, to become a Roman Catholic priest. And that's what happened. And I was there for seven, seven, how long, many years, seven years. I left, I left it, but I was there for seven or eight years here. And uh, um, realized that uh, being a Roman Catholic priest was not for me. So right. I, I left and became a, a mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. did some did, uh, practical training beforehand, and, uh, and that's what happened. So when you were in the, was it the, the seminary? Seminary, yeah. And when you were growing up, were there any things that kept you from coming to Christ? Obviously, you said you never heard the gospel, but were there any things, um, maybe even things in the Bible that you saw that didn't make sense? Or? Yeah, the Bible, where I, where I lived in the seminary, the Bible with a German word, was verboten, meaning forbidden. We were not allowed to read the Bible. Full stop. Wow. The, only the priest up front, and, and even that only in Latin. So he, he stood up the front, facing, facing the congregation, back to front, and, and he read from the Bible, the Gospels, and what they also call the uh, Evangelium in German, that's the good news, that we were not allowed to, to read the Bible as such, no. Right. So you, you had no real way to understand the go- or find the gospel, really. No, no. You were just believing what you'd been told. I believed what I've been told until I couldn't, I couldn't take it any longer. Right. You know? Right. So with that being the case then, uh, were you hardened to the gospel? When somebody, that has a passage in the Bible, at at least two or three passages. Uh, It says, I think in in one of Luke, uh, take up your bed and, uh, and, and go home. Now when I read that, I thought that's ridiculous because I compared I compared this uh, uh, bed with my bed, which weighed about about half a ton, made from solid timber and so forth. And I said, "Come on, this is ridiculous," you know. So I really, I really discredited the Bible on on behalf of mainly because of. Uh, of that uh, statement in the Bible. Because you didn't realize it was just a cot that they could easily... It was just a, a mat, right. you know? No. Right. No. Yeah. And nobody, nobody explained it to me. Nobody said, look, uh, Eric, this is not a, a, big, a big bed, as you imagine. It's a, it's a small, it's not even a bed as such. It's just a mat. Nobody explained that to me. Yeah, just like no. a roll of carpet, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So when was it then that you first understood the gospel? Uh, it's written down in my, in my testimony uh, on, on the second page when I first uh, 
It all had to do with my father dying. I got a phone call from my neighbor in Germany, in Bavaria, and then he said, uh, uh, oh, my wife agreed with me. She said, I've got a, a Heops Botschaft. Now, that translated, I got Jobs, Job, not Job, Job's uh, message for you. It's not a good one. So I said, what is it? And the neighbors told, told Helga, I was at an air show. He, um, he told her that my dad had passed away, okay? Now, that was on a Sunday evening. I made sure I, I had some connections with a, uh, an airline, so I flew to Germany the next day. I attended my father's funeral, and when I, when I looked, when I asked for my father to be allowed to, to visit, to, to, to see uh, in, in the chapel, I looked at him and I said to myself, I'm not going to be, uh, I, I will, uh, no, I said to myself, Eric, you will be in a position like that yourself one day. Whenever that will be, I don't know. But I don't want to be left out and, and facing a, a God without being, being forgiven. Mm -hmm. And then on, on the second portion of my, my testimony, I, uh, made sure that everybody who is reading my, my little testimony understood what it was all about. At the time, I was taking flying lessons uh, at a place called Lilydale Airport near, near Melbourne, um, eastern part of Melbourne. And uh, I, I had, there was a flying competition and, uh, one of the competitors, in, in fact, he, he lost to, to me by one point or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and he, he was a member of a, of a, a German Baptist church. He visited me one day and he asked me, am I allowed to, to visit you with my pastor, his pastor? I said, sure. His pastor was American, Bert Kinsey an evangelist. And um, so one, one evening, a knock at the door, and uh, Gerhard, that's his name, and his pastor, Bert Kinsey, arrived and, and had a, a long talk to me. And I said, um, towards, uh, at the end of, of the conversation, do you mind if we pray for you? I said, sure. I was expecting them to to pray, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, not Hail, Hail Mary, and a few, uh, and, uh, and, and a few other prayers, and so they did, and I was uh, taken aback because I've never heard a prayer, such a personal prayer in my life. Mm. 
It was a personal prayer, not just a, our Father who art in heaven, you know. So that's, uh, that, that shook me. That shook me to the core. How uh, so? How did it shake you? That uh, one could actually have a, uh, how should I explain it best, a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. To me, Jesus was just a, a distant figure. But there, there came a point in time when I realized that he was, in fact, far more than just a figure. Mm. That's what happened. And then uh, some time later, what would happen some time later? Uh, uh, it wasn't the pastor, it was just a preacher. He, uh, he lived in Monbalk mm. in the eastern part of uh, Melville. And uh, so we went there, and uh, there was quite a, a number of people there. They talked about it, and, and then Fred, that's the... The uh, uh, preacher's name. He came with a book in his hand, and I, I, I knew that if this book was the Bible, because from Bert Kinsey, you know, earlier. Mm-hmm. So he he opened it up. He opened it up, in fact, to uh, Revelation three twenty. He said, uh, "Eric, I'm going to read something to you." Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and, and, and sup with him and he with me. Do you understand everything? I said, yes. He said, do you, know, do you understand who is at the door of, of your heart? I said, it's Jesus. He said, do you know what Jesus uh, expects from you? He expects you to open his his door, uh, to open your door of your heart and let Jesus in. And uh, he asked me, he said, "Would you would you like to to do that? Would you like to invite Jesus into your heart, into your life?" I said, "I sure do." And uh, by the grace of God, I said, "Yes, I do." And that's, that was the, uh, the moment of my conversion. I realized at long last that somebody out, out in heaven loves me, loves me dearly, wants only the best for me. And, uh, so that's when you, you realized that Jesus wasn't just a distant figure, but he was a personal savior that a died for your sins. Savior, exactly. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. And he wanted to be part of your life. Yeah, and he was not just a, a figure. He was more than that. He was, as I said a moment ago, he was my personal savior. Mm. And that, that changed me completely. And then there were many ups and downs and so forth. And uh, and eventually uh, it clicked. It made sense, and uh, that happened so many years ago. Well, I I can definitely say I I think because you started out talking about how Jesus has changed you. Yes, and I definitely think that 
Well, I know, I think most people in our church would attest to the fact that um, there is a, a Christ-likeness in your spirit and that is evident over those many years that you've known Jesus and he's worked in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when, you, when you look at Jesus, uh, you know, you, you can have an imagination what he will look like, but uh, when, you, when you think about him, the Son of God and, and everything that God is, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, yeah. Amen. So that's my little, what, what do you call Your it? Your story. My, yeah, Amen. my story. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for that. Thank you, too.